Welcome to the Art of Leadership with Nina Ellison. Join Nina as she explores the underlying value of soft skills in the lives of healthy leaders. Thank you, Barry. If you are a leader seeking personal growth, you're in the right place. I am Nina Ellison, and today I welcome you to the Art of Leadership as I continue to explore the soft skill of being teachable. Before I jump in, I'd like to say a brief thanks to those from the top 10 countries listening to my podcast. Australia, Austria, Canada, India, Kenya, Nigeria, Oman, Thailand, the UK, and the US. The purpose of this monthly podcast is to deepen the awareness and daily application of soft skills that take a leader, you and me, from success to significance. I'm grateful for the time you take to download The Art of Leadership and listen to my voice. Back to exploring the soft skill of being teachable. Futurist Alvin Toffler once shared, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. Toffler said this in 1970, over 50 years ago, and although we are only in the third decade of the 21st century, this pursuit of learning, unlearning, and relearning impacts the ability for you and for me to stand ready in the face of change. A study done by the American Clinical and Climatological Association recognized that in 1950, medical knowledge had doubled over the past 50 years. Hang <laughs> in there, I am, I am going somewhere with this. Uh, in 1980, 30 years later, the study demonstrated that it took seven years instead of 50 years to double medical knowledge. And 30 more years later in 2010, knowledge doubled in three years. And it was predicted at that time of the study that it, by 2020, the medical knowledge would double in less than 10 weeks. <laughs> I've tried to find updated information on the doubling of medical knowledge, but have come to a conclusion that this is now a moot point as the explosion of knowledge goes beyond a doubling phenomenon due to technological advances. Let's pause and acknowledge the commonly held assumption that the progress in technology drives progress in learning, in understanding, maybe even wisdom. Thought leader Seth Godin writes it this way, it turns out that the biggest shift to our culture isn't the changing speed of a computer chip, it's what happens when we network humans together. Today, there are millions of people advancing the work of millions of people with new updates coming all day long. We, as humans, have multiplied the speed of change. The good news is that unlearning opens a door to the fresh perspectives of relearning, but at the same time, the reality is that unlearning is more difficult than learning. Why? First, as I just mentioned, unlearning is not implemented through a Google search or a new app. Unlearning comes through self-awareness and networking with others to gain new insights and knowledge. Unlearning includes the people factor. The second reason unlearning is so difficult is that fear rises within us when faced with the unknown. When you engage in unlearning, you move outside your comfort zone. It's hard to maintain the image of being the expert when you are continually unlearning and relearning. In fact, global leader John Maxwell says, if we are growing, we will always be outside of our comfort zone. Third, 
With unlearning, you're moving away from the security of knowledge that has been helpful to you in the past, perhaps knowledge that was shared by leaders that you revere. So here's a question for you to discuss with those who share a desire with you to unlearn. How do we show respect and honor to work that is no longer relevant or true? The fourth reason that I'd like to share of why unlearning is so difficult is that there may be a reluctance to say goodbye to shortcuts that have been helpful in the past. Remember the phrase, if it isn't broken, don't fix it? Now, there's a phrase worth unlearning. To me, it's almost as worthy of being unlearned as the well-known phrase, fake it until you make it. Two shortcut phrases that have worked for many in the past, but, but no more. Finally, it may be difficult to even want to unlearn when you think you are functioning adequately on a daily basis and, and getting by. This is why the pursuit of unlearning or relearning doesn't occur sometimes until an adverse or a sentinel event occurs. The need for deeper knowledge hasn't been felt. Perhaps this is one of the factors influencing the, the quiet quitting that we're talking about in the workplace today. Researcher Dr. Chris Robachek has demonstrated that one of the key elements of personal growth is being ready to change. This cycle of learning, unlearning, and relearning moves you into a ready stance for change. The idea of being in a ready stance comes from decisions you make, not the circumstances you find yourself in. At the most fundamental, your decision to change is based on two things. First, recognizing what you want to change. And second, knowing what you value. Your values mark your willingness to sustain the changes you choose. Knowing what you value affirms what internally matters to you. Let me share a high-level overview of learning, unlearning, and relearning. The learning process requires self-awareness. So the first part is to pursue self-awareness. In its most basic form, learning is what you know and what you do. As you begin to see that there's something that you know and do that no longer serves you well, your self-awareness will alert you that you have some unlearning to do. And then the unlearning process requires a passion for simplicity, keeping it simple. Last month on The Art of Leadership, I gave three practical steps towards unlearning. First, pick one thing. Second, ask yourself, am I willing to let go of this thing? And third, what is the opposite of the one thing I've picked? Confirming the opposite of the thing moves you forward towards your readiness to relearn. The relearning process requires focused exploration. We've talked about self-awareness in the learning process, a passion for simplicity in the unlearning process, and now focused exploration in the relearning process. As I think about relearning, I want to focus on asking two key questions. At a very basic level, relearning begins with a focus on something you, you already thought you knew about. And as you engage in unlearning, your thinking shifts. You begin to look through a different lens. There are two key questions you can ask with relearning. First, what do you want to change? And secondly, can you clearly identify 
what you value that will sustain the change. Asking these questions will begin within you, but often moves outward to include others. Here's a story from 2020 where many changes were accomplished, and yet the person in the story was still stuck, perhaps thinking that the process of learning, unlearning, relearning had run its course. A thought that I'd like to leave with you today is as we look at this process of learning, unlearning, and relearning, rather than being linear, it's cyclical. Let's listen to Amy's story. Hello, my name is Amy McDonald, and I'm a nurse practitioner. In early spring, I had the pleasure of joining a mastermind with Nina, where we spoke of the unintended consequences of COVID-19 and the impact of not having access to water because of the personal protective equipment uh, that we have to wear. Uh, this conversation really resonated with me and stayed on my mind for many days. On May 26th, my husband and I were diagnosed with COVID-19. My husband and my three children all had minor cases, thankfully. But as I record this, I am in week eight of my, <clears throat> my recovery. Thankfully, uh, this has been at home under the close monitoring of my primary care and my pulmonologist. But on June 22nd, I had an acute change and had to go to the emergency department. This was a trip that I had been dreading, and I had been trying to avoid going to the hospital altogether. Um, I was quickly ushered into a makeshift um, ER COVID room. Um, I'd been hearing a lot about these, and so I um, was kind of curious, actually, to see what they looked like. Um, it had the big uh, walls and the door um, and the big reverse airflow vents. It looked kind of like something from the corner of a corner laundry mat with all those metal shafts and things like that. I heard a knock on the door, and it was the radiology technician, and she was wearing that famous papper suit, which I had also not seen before in person. <coughs> Um, this was the first time, um, so I was obviously curious, so I um, started making some small talk with her to um, ask about the suit and what it was like to wear it. Um, she told me that she had failed all the fit tests for the hospital, and uh, she had a really small face, and so they had gotten her the suit to wear and how difficult it was to put on and off, but you know she was very thankful for having it. Um, so she set me up for the x-ray in the room and um, took the film. And I noticed, huh, she didn't leave. She didn't leave the room. And in my experience in the past, having been a pediatric ICU nurse, uh, we did a lot of portable x-rays. And uh, it was always standard pr procedure for everybody to step back about three feet from the bed, three or four feet, or to leave the room completely. Um, so that kind of struck me that she hadn't done that. Um, so yeah, so that was it. Um, she left. And I was just thinking about that in my mind. And um, then fast forward again, six days later, I'm back in the emergency department with the same symptoms. And ironically enough, the same radiology tech happens to be my tech again that night. Uh, so she remembers me and I remember her and we chat again for a few minutes and, um, she sets me up and she takes my film again. And I thought, I gotta say something. So, uh, I asked her, I said, do you have, are you wearing a shield under the papper? And she said, no. And I said, are you supposed to be wearing a shield? And she said, no. I, I said, well, are you supposed to leave the room? 
And she said, yes. And I just said, well, you know why? I'm just curious, you know, why aren't you leaving the room? And she said, you know, it is just so hard to maneuver around the walls and the beds with the machine. And she ends up trapping herself in there. And it just takes too much time to get herself back out appropriately. Um, So she just doesn't do it. Thanks, Amy, for sharing your thoughts. You know, it's, it's admirable to consider the persistence that was demonstrated by the radiology technician to find a way to protect herself against COVID. Yet with all the steps she accomplished, Amy, as a person who saw her and engaged with her, who looked from the outside, saw more. Let's return to the two questions posed for you as we talk about relearning. What do you want to change? And can you clearly identify the value that will sustain the change? The technician is caught in the crossfires of rapid change in this story. She understands she wants to move forward, yet is trying to figure out how to take the next step. And all of this change is done in collaboration with so many others. If you were her and still open to relearning, What would be your response when asking yourself or being asked the question, what do I want to change in this situation? And then asking yourself or or being asked a second question, what do I value to the point that I would be willing to sustain yet another change in a long line of changes? Can you see the potential of these two questions moving not only the technician, but all of us forward in our relearning as individuals and and as a collaborative whole? Carlos Dominguez says, collaboration is where the future always is. We do need to know ourselves, but even the most self-aware leader knows that we need others as well. We don't know the end of the story with this technician, but I imagine Amy's questions prompted more unlearning and relearning for this professional. Today, as we've talked about learning, unlearning, and relearning, my desire is that you have seen a path forward with a renewed ability to address this topic. Remember, I offer a complimentary call. You can reach out to me at www.healthyleadership.online. I can help you in your own growth as a leader. Thanks for joining me, Nina Ellison, on The Art of Leadership, and my request for you today. As these ideas trigger new thoughts and new ideas in your own growth journey, share the link for these last two podcasts with a coworker or friend who's stuck in this process of learning, unlearning, and relearning.